everybody, welcome to the 77th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started, I just want to remind you all, go check out our Patreon if you want to get some cool exclusive benefits like access to our private Discord and livecast. Um, uh, what's up with you, bud? Uh, not much. You know, just uh, saw the armed. Oh, we're going to get right into this. Okay, let's talk about Christian's fucking L.A. trip. Hey, bud, how was, how was L.A.? You went to L.A. Did you wear a lot of sunglasses and shorts, or what'd you do? <laughs> no, I pretty much wore jeans the entire time. That's so funny you say that. Um, I also knew that. That's why I joked about it, because you don't wear shorts, so I'm aware of this. No, like, never. Like, I... Full disclosure, an ex gave me, you know who, gave me, like, a complex about wearing shorts, so now I, like, never wear them. I'm, like, ashamed of my legs. <laughs> I have been you skipping what, leg man? day for, for 37 years, but... I would highly suggest putting some rays on those bad boys. You got that roof on top there, man. That's and true. I think the little sun, don't you worry. Because you definitely don't have the chicken legs of uh, your co-host. And as long as you don't have the chicken legs of your co-host, you're good to go. Buddy. They're less chickenly now, you know, because I've just been living yeah. on the top floor of every building. But Yeah, you. Yeah, I mean... No matter what, we definitely get a little bit leg workout just us being in San Francisco in general. So anyway, what it is. Getting, getting distracted. Back to the arms. So yeah, I saw them at the Regent right. in, in Los Angeles. And I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed. Gotta go on the record and say that. <gasps> I did, yeah. Oh, I didn't know this. Okay. Um, uh, okay. I, I don't... Um, give me two solid reasons why it was underwhelming. I think it was mostly underwhelming because, I mean, although they were like very visually impressive, like the energy—it looked like it. It the the the, the lights, it, like what I saw was incredible. Like, Holy fucking shit! Yeah. Very very good light show. Uh, really really energetic performances. Really like passionate. But I think the issue was is that there were so many people doing vocals. There's like ten people on stage, so they're already a veritable orchestra. Uh, imagine mm-hmm. trying to mix correctly all those voices at different like loud you know different volumes you know all using varying degrees of technique or lack thereof and it was a bit overwhelming it just kind of felt like a bunch of people dogpiling all over each other vocally and it it made it really difficult to like enjoy my favorite parts of my favorite songs because there would be one person who was almost you know they're so quiet that you can't hear them and then someone in the crowd gets the mic and it's like overwhelmingly loud for just that like moment so I don't know. It, yeah, it was uh, it was a bit disappointing in that way. I, I'd say that uh, Uriah Hackney, the drummer, really fucking smashed all his parts. He's like incredible and very very solid. I, I think if anything, he definitely held it down. It was definitely hard to discern anything vocally. It was, was kind of messy vocally. Uh, main vocalist is the long haired bearded dude, right? No, that see that's the other thing is that they kept switching people in and out for various songs. In the middle of songs, there would be different people coming in. And okay. I think this collective thing that they're doing is sort of working against having a tight life performance. You know, it's I think it's oh, I think it's yeah. harder I think it's harder to rehearse on. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that all the members are probably rehearsing this shit individually because it seems like they're all from different areas. You know, they're coming from New York, and some of them are already in California. I think. I just um yeah I'll, I I totally agree. Might just be a studio project. I mean I mean Detroit. listen to the album it's. Dude, you listen to the album, it's fucking amazing. Um, uh, I guess... Oh, man, what do I want to say here? Um, it's it's unfortunate that it, it's like this, but I... 
when you put it on paper, this is exactly what I would expect is for you to give this review of like, well, yeah, it was kind of like all over the place, that kind of thing. Um, this is coming from somebody who is like, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the project. I, I love The Armed. I love all their, I love almost all their albums. Like I enjoy them all a, a good deal. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it was definitely just messy. It was a little messy vocally, especially. Okay. Uh, anything like um yeah man i guess here's the thing okay uh we talk about like like single project like just like a solo project right or uh, you know a band with like more than five members i mean at some point if you guys become like profitable in some way you know you want to make sure everybody gets a little bit of cut even at a show like oh we played two shows last like two nights uh it was 300 bucks for our guarantee right we all get 50 to 70 bucks right like that kind of weird thing well it's like what do you what do you even do with that like who like does it, does the armed funds get pooled and then dished out do do main members get the armed fund like how the fuck do you work that out Levi wants you to know? know how you're getting paid <laughs> it well wouldn't you wouldn't, wouldn't that be your concern Antarctica, sure. like you, you, Antarctica plays a show, right? Oh, Antarctica where, uh, never made. What, well, that's not true. We, no, but what I'm saying is, it was not like, a profitable. It's like a break-even kind of thing. Antarctica plays a show, right? Mm. You want to know what, what what Quaid asked for the for the cover, right, or for the, for the payment of you guys, yeah. right? Okay, the guarantee, right? And then, yeah, thank you for yeah, definitely having my, my uh, tip my tongue there. And then the um, nomenclature. on top of that, <laughs> and then like and then like on the guarantee, like you're gonna hope to get some of the guarantee, right? I mean, because you're a functioning member, because you're a solid member in a band like that kind of thing i don't know i just i think that would be the most interesting thing about being involved with the armed otis like, all right otis says i disagree their live shows seem to me to be an antithesis to their storefront persona in, uh, on purpose all their live vids bar the pre-recorded stuff seems directly on par with your average hardcore show in terms of chaos seems on brand to me yeah you know i i agree to, to oh fuck you otis this no no, no. i i think that's totally valid I think that's totally valid in terms of like the chaos. That's why I was kind of, you know, carefully stating yeah. it that the energy was there, the intensity was there. It's just like sonically, it was not like the album as much as I wanted it. I'm, I mean, hopefully, all the mic. Oh yeah, Andy. Um, Hello, likes. Andy's there too. Uh, Andy, said <laughs> I was in the middle of the chaos. Yes. yes. Thank you, Chad. Andy, Very what's cool. up? And and Andy is involved with the armed in some way more than us. Yeah, so he's uh, an armed Andy. collaborator. <laughs> yeah, dude. I saw all the photos. Uh, Andy let me know <laughs> in the stories that there was a lot of Daniels there. The yeah, other exactly. Then, Everyone yeah, was wearing was the fucking the Daniel fucking the um, name tag. Anyway, let's move on. So yeah, saw saw the Daniels. <laughs> it was a. Uh, um, uh, who do they play with? They played with Illuminati Hotties, who I had varying degrees of enjoyment for. The second song they played was like a mathy kind of like Melvin's breakdownish kind of almost Arab on radar sound. And I really, really, really enjoyed that. And then every other song was like really obnoxious pop punk. Okay, I've never heard of this band, and I'm, I, I don't know. I, never they're heard um, they've like been seeing some like pretty decent press in the last few years. They're kind of they're kind of new, I think. Or maybe they're not. Off the tongue, pretty good. Maybe they've the, been around. The, the name rolls off the tongue. The num, uh, the name is good for sure. Yeah. And like the instrumentals were really, really good too. Like the drummer was fucking killing it, and the guitar parts were really like angular, and they kind of had a bunch. They had some like almost botchy kind of like slidey parts with like artificial harmonics. Like there was some, there was some like really cool mathy shit that they were doing actually. So I kind of see why oh. they brought them on the lineup. La- last question: uh, What venue? It was the Regent Theater. 
So it's like a, a sloping. It's imagine the UC Theater in Berkeley, but just like on a much yeah. smaller scale, without like the additional, you know, mezzanine, me, additional tier, if you will. Inside or outside? Inside. Ooh. You remember like where we saw Summer Slaughter? Or maybe it wasn't Summer yeah. Slaughter. It was like Black Dahlia no, murdering. It was Black Dahlia. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anywho, that, so yeah. That venue, that venue, that venue's pretty solid, man. Then you got like the like bar on each level. There's like a bar per floor level or whatever the fuck it is. Like, that was, I, you see, yeah. Yeah, as an yeah. adult who is like coming to a show to chill and just like drink and kind of just be there and relax, I definitely enjoy it. But as a, a hardcore kid, I, I hate it because I feel like it's harder to get to the stage and there's just like less real estate on the you know in front of the stage just like period you know it's just mm. too it's too mm-hmm. evenly distributed throughout the length of the uh, the venue it doesn't allow you to get closer if you want to you really gotta get there early gotcha gotcha and yeah it was like also I mean the sound was really good though that's kind of what you get when you're in a theater type setting is like when you're a little bit more elevated and in the back you typically get better sound at least that's how it like works in like symphony halls so it's, it's just, I, I guess, like the adult side of me, it's just nice to not have to cram into everywhere and just be able to stand with a drink and, like, have a view. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If that's what you're going for, then I, I think that's uh, that's totally fair. I mean, that's that's the kind of venue that you want, truly. But I, I'm, like, a big fan of, of, like, small stage or, like, no, you know, just floor stage shows or floor shows, rather. Floor stage. <laughs> yeah, floor stage. Yeah, good enough. So, uh, you ready to talk about some bands? Yeah, man, let's do this. It's fucking party. Cool. So the first band we're going to talk about is Vane. Or Vane FM, I should say. And Vane, yeah. I, I, Vane refu- I refuse FM. to call them that. <laughs> I think, I, I mean, it's just like Kublai Khan. Are you really going to call Kublai Khan TX. Kublai Khan TX? No. Right, yeah. No, Absolutely man, it's not. Okay. No, it's just like a, a copyright thing. Intellectual property. So... Vayne are a five-piece metalcore band from Boston, Massachusetts, and they just recently released their new album, This World is Going to Ruin You, on March 4th via Closed Casket Activities. And if you're not already aware of this project, I would be really surprised, as, as Vayne have basically become one of the biggest names in hardcore following the release of Error Zone. I'm sure you can agree, Levi. I also want to interrupt and tell the person that has not heard of Vayne you're stupid. No, no, I'm just, no, I'm just joking. No, I just, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'd be shocked if anybody didn't understand or know uh, who Vane was at this point. Uh, Arizona, let I mean, I feel like Arizona was released and it only just kept building up steam, mm-hmm. like until even probably now people are talking about Arizona, right? So. Yeah, even three years after the album was released, I feel like there was like still hype from it last year, and that's. I mean, they've been touring on this shit for four years. This is a four-year gap in between this album. Yeah, they. they, they they rolled that snowball down the hill and it definitely fucking built up in, in mass there. It was, they're pretty lucky for that. Like they released a pretty solid one to just sit on through the pandemic. Definitely a very, very widely and well-received record. So expectations were super high for me personally, at least for a follow-up after four years. And I got to say this new album definitely carries a lot of the same aggression and chaos of Arizona. You know, it's very uh, heavy, very mosh-inspiring, lots of breakdowns, the staccato furies, and it does see the band hitting some more experimental territory, I think most notably with a lot of singing, but a lot of the songs feel a bit undercooked to me. So, you like, uh, are you aware, like, when they finished this album and, exa- and everything? I'm not exactly aware so, when they yeah, finished it, but... So- 
Yeah. So, so ultimately, um, this album was finished in April of 2020. This has been on the shelf for a second. They were just um, holding they, it back I, because I'm, of pandemic. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm guessing, you know, I'm, I don't know about that and I'm guessing so. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, um, as Arizona was rolled down the hill and it becomes a larger snowball, they literally have this bad boy already packed up and they just never like took it out of the cooler. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like they just had this sitting there, uh, which I find very interesting, uh, that it was that, I mean, it's just released now. And I think especially with Vane, they've only progressed in sound. So it's just interesting that we're listening to an album from like a damn dude, pre pandemic almost, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so even lyrically, uh, this is a time capsule in that, you know, mm-hmm. we're getting like vain at sure. that point. And, w- and the thing is, what's crazy about this is that Arizona released, right? And then what did we get during the pandemic? Uh, 2020, 2022, we got their B-side and rarities kind of thing. So it's like we're getting more of the same old era stuff. of material, like, material rather. Yeah. And, and they, you know, and they, and naturally with this album, they brought uh, in their permanent addition of that synth and turntablist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, they've been, yeah, it's just crazy, man. They get like, have a, they've had an album with like a new member just like sitting on the shelf for fucking two years. And then just, they yeah. uh, start slowly releasing it. It's funny that you bring up the turntables because although, you know, they, they did add that to their ensemble, to their instrumentation, I, it's used so sparingly on this record, the turntable specifically. And, and when it's used, it's almost like just a bit too on the nose. Like it's like they're almost inviting the new metal comparison at this point. It's 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 you're asking for it or maybe wanting it, I guess, at that point. Mm. Uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like um, even though there is more uh, I'm going to say this word tech uh, for just, you know, more machinery involved into a band, you know, more electronics and everything, more mm-hmm. tech, more boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. But I feel like there's less tech than Arizona to this album. So it's like you have this additional of the vocalist, but I, I'm getting less overall. I know there's it's it's a little more um, mature in sound. There's a little bit here and there. There's the, you got the clean vocals, you That's know. That's what most you got people the, probably uh, say. You got the, got the guest vocals, you know. But overall, um, I... I just don't want all of my bands to fucking keep. I just, I don't know, man. I sometimes just like it. I'm going to go back to the classic black Dahlia thing where you listen to a black Dahlia murder album and the next one's just as good as the, the, the one before or the one after. And when you listen to it, you go, yeah, that's fucking a good black Dahlia album. You know, like I just, I do appreciate certain bands that just keep it fucking straight, straight into the point, you know, with I think what you're, what you're getting at, there's two schools of thought here. It's like, we can be happy for the band for, you know finding a new sound and progressing and evolving or we can be stoked for a band for embracing what they do best and for them to keep doing it which you know that the angle certainly works for some bands and i think black dollar murder is definitely the most classical example of a band sticking to a sound and it just continues to work for them they keep writing uh objectively good albums i'm not as like enthralled by the material but fuck like it's you know it's always super good yeah but you you slap on you know, the last one compared to like Miasma, you know, it's yeah. just, I mean, you're still getting just fucking right. like, damn, 
Yeah. That's fucking Black Dahlia right there, man. I'm telling you what. Like, that kind of thing. Uh, but So, I mean, I don't know. There's sometimes I'm just saying, like, I just I, I just sometimes wish my, my fucking bands would just fucking just keep doing what they're doing. But, uh, yeah. Um, overall, uh, I enjoyed this record, but it uh, it, it doesn't touch Arizona. And sadly, um, I'm one of those. The, I'm from the school of thought where I'm going to compare totally. from the past. Yeah. And why, why, why would you not? That's why I'm saying, you know, you of course, we're all going to have very high expectations. And, yeah, I it doesn't quite meet my expectations with how good Arizona was. Yeah. It just, it, it feels like at times I'm listening to an EP because it's like more of a series of vignettes uh, than it is in an album with like an overarching theme, you know, with tracks like versus Utah inside design magazine beach lights out. They all barely clear a minute. If that, which again is not really a complaint. Like I definitely think there's a, you know, obviously there's a lot to be said for just fucking cramming as many breakdowns and chaotic sequences as you can into a short track. Uh, but there's just noticeably more shorter tracks on this album. And uh, even though it does have a longer runtime about by about five minutes, I think longer than uh, Arizona. Yeah. It just, it doesn't feel as uh, some of the tracks just feel like less complete to me. I don't know. And I think this is, I was already saying this to you privately, but I think this might be the result of, touring on the same very hype material for four years i think you kind of like let the air out of the creative balloon <sighs> yeah you know yeah. i just it's still such a trip to me that like this has been this was done april 2020 mm-hmm. like, <laughs> but yeah put that aside i don't think material becomes super dated after two years i get what you're saying like it's probably already oh dated. i'm not saying it's dated i'm not saying it's dated i'm just i'm i'm just in shock that as arizona's picking up speed they're sitting on a new album which is gonna be i don't know it's it's interesting interesting uh, a way to go about this i didn't so, analyze the uh, lyrics but that could be something that would certainly date it potentially is if the lyrics were like really concerned with like pandemic shit that's something that's going to instantly date an album you know yeah yeah um i, I guess this one isn't so i guess uh, anybody want a little refresher of what it was to <laughs> write music prior to this <laughs> gotta go to that you know, and again, I as much as I appreciate like the experimentation, like I just in the singing, there's a lot more singing on this album, and I, I just don't feel like the singing is particularly interesting. Like all the melodic lines are like practically every melodic line on this record actually is like two or three note patterns, and it just feels like they're kind of like lacking imagination, and I feel like they could have done just a little better. Like Jeff Rickley has like the most like sort of creative melodic line on the record and I don't even feel like his feature landed very well either of Thursday it didn't stand out as much as I thought it was going to to my ears mm-hmm. but that's just I mean I don't know it's just a thing I, I like whenever I might have a bias because I'm my... like sorry go ahead I was expecting to hear more Jeff totally <laughs> that's what I wanted <laughs> I'm not the biggest Thursday fan I'll admit it but yeah it didn't really stand out to me either uh, yeah, I just I think ultimately this doesn't quite live up to Arizona on like the same visceral kind of level. With, it doesn't have the same album flow. And although I appreciate the attempt at adding more experimentation I, I, in the melodic elements, I just don't feel like they're as interesting or particularly well executed. Yeah, I mean, as far as like I, I was mentioning the tech, it's you know they definitely dropped some of the tech in this, even though they added more. It's just so it's weird. it's there in the shorter tracks in which there's there's more shorter uh, tracks. I, so yeah. I feel like that's what they were kind of there's a bit of balancing happening there. But I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, however, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, I'm about to go on a rant. So please. Oh, I, I was going to say uh, on that on that on that short song thing, mm-hmm. literally my favorite tracks. Welcome home. Lights out. Hell night. All the shorter all tracks. Fucking, all well, like one hell, to two minute tracks. Actually, I think that uh, 
Hell Knight is one of the more flushed out and complete tracks for sure. It's it's a bit longer. It at least clears two minutes, and I feel like there's more than just like a breakdown and like an intro riff crammed in there, because that's what I feel like a lot of those other short tracks are. Mm-hmm. Like you know, that being said, there's some serious fucking highlights on this record as we we're just talking about. Hell Knight, obviously, the Killing Womb fucking is super good. Fear and Nonfiction and or- uh, Orgy in the Morgue. Uh, amazing song title by the way those are all really good super flushed out tracks that are like that feel fully realized you know the two closing tracks definitely also kind of lacked energy or excitement for me as well i would say overall blasting through this record i still fucking go through it i'm not skipping any tracks the 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 singing gets kind of grabs me a little differently but i i move past or whatever um, oh man, see, but yeah, I'm not there with you. I, I disagree. I think that wherever you are is very mm-hmm. uninteresting mm-hmm. interlude track that is some very boring singing, and it's definitely a skipper for me. Uh, the 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 whole new metal aspect is co- that's coming back around. I'm very tired of it. Just um, in that uh, kind of early metalcore thing that seems to be coming back to just the singing, mm-hmm. just the, the hard hard song, and then they got the singing, the clean vocals. I'm like, I dude, I magazine beach. That's that. another example of that on this record. Like that yeah. repetitive I, little sample that to kind of just reply to what you're talking about. That repetitive little yeah. in my mind, man, man, man. Yes, that's yes. something that yes. a, that band of that era would do, right? Of that ilk. Yeah. Yeah, I just um I Robert, I don't hate new metal. Um but uh yeah, I, I just, like um, new metal. Uh, I grew up in the new metal area as did yeah, Levi. It's I'm, like... t- I'm talking I'm talking I'm talking two thousand four when every band was throwing a kill switch engage fucking like just Oh that's more like metal. This is when we sing we're fucking breakdown singing, harsh vocals, breakdown singing, singing, more than another breakdown, even harder than like the Kill Switch changed I the game know. in that respect. They they made yeah. metal commercially viable. I just um, it's a I I mean, CU, like CU Space Cowboy, they, they literally went the full nostalgic fucking. They reached as far as they could into the the magic hack and like grabbed everything they could out of it. Like just I love right, how this conversation has on. reached CU Space Cowboy let's come on now. Back. Let's, let's, all, let's all come on back. Let's let's come on back here. Like I don't know. I'm just I'm I don't need all my bands to like the next album has clean singing. It's like cool fucking great awesome like that that's great that's what i wanted it out of vain the last thing i want like, like when i listen to arizona i'm like you know what i this needs some clean vocals <laughs> <laughs> out of all this whammy shit and this glitch stuff i'm like man this could use like some clean vocals. listen if it's, really it depends on it. how well it's executed and on this record i don't think that it's very successfully executed on like nine out of ten occasions uh but there are some really good tracks though again welcome home is a pretty good intro. I mean, it's basically like an intro breakdown. You're Levi. You are smiling so big right now. What is the chat saying? Jeff, <laughs> uh, Jeff, just let me know. You just, I'm just read the chat. I can't even say it. All right, we'll, we'll move on. Um, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to shout out. I don't want to like. You don't want to shout out Jeff. Yeah, band. you wouldn't want to do that. No, 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 no. I just want to say any other band because I like. I like Jeff's band. I'm not going to say shit. No, I'm not going to say anything else. We'll we'll, we'll get to Jeff, that. It's in not a like that, Jeff. It's not like that, dude. Yeah, but even though it's kind of just like a breakdown, Welcome Home is, is pretty memorable. And it also does like perfectly flow into like the album's true opener, which is The Killing Womb. And that's mm-hmm. that's where you get like the same energy that's on par with Arizona. And that makes it my favorite track. It's just got like the the great signature ride blast and poppy snare drum, energetic vocals. It's it's a fucking killer track. Dude, 
Uh, is that going to be the track? Because I 100 the would track. Say that. Yeah. All right. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with you there, man. Yeah. There's a couple other highlights I'd like to just quickly brush over, though. Uh, again, fear and nonfiction. Orgy in the Morgue has that great uh, bones feature as well, which is probably the best feature on this album. Uh, yeah, great song title. Uh, I enjoyed that one as well. Yes, I do. But but once again, even just like Welcome Home, like it, they, they fucking tease me. That first track is just like little intro. It really kind of lets you lets you know, like, all right, we're still here, you know, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. Just I really, enjoy, I, I guess, I guess all in all, with the singing and everything, I I, I held closer to the short tracks just because I wanted more Arizona kind of style. So I right. kind of stuck those in my pocket. So. And that's, I guess that's ultimately where we're landing. You're, you're going to find the more Arizona visceral sort of stuff in the shorter tracks and kind of more front loaded in the album. And then it definitely dips out. Like those last two tracks are just really uninteresting for me. I, I can't like finish the album basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a little lukewarm on it, but there, there's certainly a lot of redeemable qualities about this album. And then like, it's that being said, it's still <laughs> it's better than many other albums in its like in their field, you know. Like it's better than a lot of metalcore that's already been released this year. So, and the, the fact that it's Vane alone is enough reason to listen to it. So, absolutely. So that being said, we're gonna go ahead and give you the Killing Womb, which is track two from This World Is Going to Ruin You, and that came out on March fourth. Here we go.
Yeah, that breakdown is fucking crushing. So that was The Killing Womb, which is track two from Vane's new album, This World is Going to Ruin You, which came out on March 4th via Closed Casket Activities. Uh, Krimbus in the chat. Um, lyrics. I fucking love the lyrics. Didn't even mention that as I'm bashing them, uh, basically, <laughs> before. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, lyric. I mean, just uh, he's his lyrics are all... Even back to like the split with uh, Dot Gift from God, 100%. lyrics are on point. Absolutely. I fucking love it. So, yeah. Yeah, no every time I close there. my eyes, I crash a thousand cars and all my loved ones die. Holy fucking shit. That line still hits to this day. Yeah, I don't got, I don't, I don't, uh, basically, uh, he, he, he big, me small. Uh, I don't got a brain <laughs> like he does. Uh, I, I truly love his fucking li- uh, lyrics. So. I'm not like the biggest Bane aficionado, nor do I like really scrutinize their lyrics as probably as, as much as I should. But I, uh, I do gotta say, like, there's there's some fucking lines. He's got he's got some bars. Yep. There's some bars yep. here yep. and there. Some bars. So next, we're gonna talk about Wounded Touch. So Wounded Touch are a five piece metalcore band from Detroit, Michigan, and they just released their new album, American Anxiety, which came out also came out on March fourth via Smart Punk Records. And although I would say Wounded Touch and Vane are somewhat similar in that they're both pulling from very similar influences, I would say ultimately Wounded Touch does have like a different vibe that is a bit more up tempo and emotive. Um, the the thing is, uh, I'm glad you didn't do uh, the segue into that. Like speaking of Vane, Wounded Touch, because yeah, there. I mean, there is a comparison, but they definitely are pretty separate. Um, I kept I, I looked up a few reviews and I noticed they kept dropping Vane's name. Um, I do see it. Uh, you know, even like a vocal, the more vo- the vocal, yeah, the vocal ahead, styling sir. almost kind of sounds like him. You know. Yes. Uh, but yeah, completely. There's there's a lot more going on here. Yeah, and uh, the vocal styling in particular on the more melodic elements, I think, I think that's where it was really coming through for me. And I didn't quite connect with any of their previous material, but I felt like this was a very solid debut from Wounded Touch. Even if they're not like reinventing the wheel on this record, there's there's fewer moments where I feel bored. Or like there's filler tracks that I want to skip, unlike the Vane record. <laughs> I keep comparing, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of the album's one interlude. But that's more of like a personal bias, as you know. I'm not like one to usually sit through like a, an interlude or an instrumental interlude of any sort. Mm-hmm. That being said, all the instrumentals on this album are very competently performed. That that is the uh, the guitars and drums, bass, etc. There's a lot of uh, grooves, a lot of angular riffs. You could definitely describe it as metalcore and sort of mathcore at times, but it's just like a bit more like up tempo and more like punky. You know what I'm saying? It's um, yeah, just it's got a little more of like a hardcore punk vibe. Absolutely, just that more up up tempo. Uh, I I wouldn't say it any other way, dude. There's also a bit of uh, post hardcore elements here too. I feel like they're more successfully executing those kind of sequences on this album than some of the other mm-hmm. albums released this year. Now, they had the clean vocals, and it just, the tracks where the clean vocals were in, it kind of hit me a little bit differently than Vane. That's but what I'm saying. Again, I just, I, I feel like I they're feel better like executed. I'm, yeah, I, yeah, I'm going to stick to that. Thanks for agreeing with me. Boom, self-validation. I like that. This is why we're friends. <laughs> I'm right, you're right, we're both right. Right, it's all exactly. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll no, just but honestly, gaslight I, I everyone just else. Like, yep, yep. <laughs> Gaslighting doesn't exist. You're just crazy, Christian. Remember that, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, uh, honestly, dude, uh, I, I enjoyed the clean singing quite a bit. Um, I think the uh, vocals are 
I was just about to say that I think the vocals are what really stand out about this release overall. You know, he's absolutely um, the so high high the, register. On, going on the high register, I feel like they almost the way he goes with his vocals. I would say this is kind of a twenty percent screamo kind of a release going on here. Uh, kind of, sort of. There's definitely a bit of a like I said, the emotive elements are, are definitely there. So I think that you could kind of connect the dots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Christian. Can you hold up for a second? Yeah. One of my parrots just fucking flew into the room. Sure. I gotta fucking put her somewhere. One second. All right. What are you doing in here? So where were we? Uh, the uh, clean vocals. High, the um, very high pitched sort the, oh, the of screamo, almost screamo, screamo quality yeah. to the uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of hardcore mids on this range, but I'd say that the range that the, the vocals really occupy is a very high shrieking register, like most of this record. Mm-hmm. I like. They're, and they're performed with so much emotion and conviction too. And they really have. There's a lot of, um, yeah. Again, just a lot of like raw emotion behind this stuff. It, it seems. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, I'm gonna say it again. Um, Please. Basically, my favorite track was uh, the excerpts from uh, from a violent thesis, and then also uh, the American Anxiety, the, the title track from the album. Yeah. See, the, the title track is a bit more experimental, isn't it? They it, it sees them kind of trying to exercise a little bit more atmosphere and uh, creepiness, I would say, and, and pretty successfully. Also, you know, it also has the uh, this, like, botch-like thing that they do all over the album where they're doing a lot of artificial harmonics, um, sometimes paired with, like, kind of slidey riffs, you know? Yep. Pull-offs, rather. And, of course, excerpts from a violent thesis, there you get the fucking the Black Dahlia murder, you know, Trevor Strad. Strahd, Strahd. <laughs> Sorry, Trevor, I can't say your last name. If you're listening to this podcast, which you probably aren't, but uh, yeah, he, he definitely seems to. He seems to avoid his signature high range on this track too. It's interesting. He's he's definitely. Occup- I noticed that. Yeah, he didn't he didn't do the obvious thing and come in there and just you know super high. He definitely goes for more of like a a gross kind of almost guttural and then like a mid mm-hmm. even. Do you know how many times Trevor has been on? just a guest vocal spot i'm pretty sure he takes the cake for the most right now because he spans death metal grind death core he goes mm. into everything um he does i'm pretty sure yeah so trevor i'm pretty sure you get an award you're probably up there as far as the most uh, appearances on band uh records so i think it also has something to do with the fact that they're both from detroit so you know might be some michigan love there oh shit really mm-hmm Mm, yeah. All right. Well, well, that's a yeah. It's probably a double up then. So, all right. Fair enough. Hey. <laughs> I thought uh, condolences and autumn nights was pretty good too. It doesn't start off like particularly interesting, but wounded touch have such a way of executing buildups really well that the result is you get this great breakdown in the middle of the track, uh, along with some fairly decent like melodic moments uh, opening and closing it that really just kind of like tie it up together in like a really like nicely balanced sort of package. Agreed. The opener, that's a little bit more obvious, but very energetic, catchy opening groove, artificial harmonic laced and panic chord laced breakdown or bridge rather. Some spoken word vocals, kind of uh, hinting at CU Space Cowboy there almost even. Mm. Uh, second band, bringing that up again. Here we go. <laughs> and also I love the fact that they close that track out with uh, a sample from John Carpenter's The Thing. Class. That... um. It took me a second, and a day after I listened to it, I'm like, John Carpenter, that's exactly where it was from. Like, holy fucking shit. 
100%. Great, great sample. Yep. I think Go we should give him track yeah, one. Holly. Yep, I, I agree with that. Um, uh, in track one, uh, hopefully we got a few more that are close to the, 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 the uh, first like two or three tracks. But yeah, man, this is a great opener. I think definitely Holly says goat movie, 100% Holly. One of my favorites. I, I like that version of the thing the best overall. Obviously, if you don't, you're fucking... What, what, what are you even doing? Yep. <laughs> what are you doing? But, um... Yeah, I think I think on Serrated Heartstrings is kind of more immediately uh, likable. It's just more memorable, I think, overall. So we're going to play for you on Serrated, Heart, <laughs> on Serrated Heartstrings, which is track one from American Anxiety, which is... Uh, oh, my God. It's so weird vocalizing. I'm just, like, being so conscious of saying American Anxiety because it's all one word. And vocalizing it for the first time just feels unnatural. Um, which came out March 4th via Smart Punk Records. Sorry. Here we go. You did good. Thank you. Thank you. So that was on serrated heartstrings, which is track. 
on <laughs> American Anxiety, which is Wounded Touch's new album that came out on March 4th via Smart Punk Records. So next, we're going to give you your release radar and a little bit of news from the month of March. Wow, what an insane month March was. Uh, So, obviously, as we just talked about a few moments ago, this world is going to ruin you by Vane. Caged in Gold by Helpless, which we'll be talking about here in a few moments. Parhesia by Animals as Leaders. may have mispronounced that. Have you given that a a listen yet, Levi? I have not. It's on my list, though. It's good. I gotta say, like... This many albums in, I think that they've managed to bring back enough heavy elements that I'm like, I'm more intrigued. It's not just like writing the thump technique so exclusively and so heavy that it just feels gimmicky. Yeah. It, it almost feels like a callback to like the first album. So I, I was pretty pleased by it. American Anxiety by Wounded Touch, as we just talked about earlier. No Rest, the debut solo EP from Joshua Travis. Also of Glass Cloud, uh, Danza, and Amur, the much maligned Amur, via Sharp. It's crazy to, th- dude. It's crazy to think just how much one person had his finger in all that fucking shit. You know. He is only on the first two, the, the second two Danza albums, to be fair. Which the, I think the second two, I, yeah, yeah. But I'm all, I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of Glass Cloud, um, as well. I, I gotta be honest with you. I didn't listen to that project a lot, but I do remember it being quality at least. Vocal stylings weren't my thing, but uh, now I know why, because uh, he was involved. So, And that came out via Sharp Tone Records, and yeah, it's got members of uh, Frontier, Chad Capper, uh, Andy Shishek of Monuments, and the guy from Crystal Lake, whose name escapes me right now, Japanese deathcore band. Fucking, he's like the best feature on this thing, actually. <laughs> I feel like his, his feature is actually better than Chad's, and that's saying a lot, because I really love Chad's style. The Thin, The Wind and the Trees Split, which I will be talking about later in this episode, came out via 12-gauge records on 7-inch final. A new single from the Callous Dowboys. This is very exciting. A brief article regarding time loops just dropped today. New music video. You can go check that out on YouTube. It's on all streaming platforms as well. Our big homies. And I gotta say, it's it's fucking good. I mean, I've already heard this album like a long time ago, and I've heard many permutations of this specific song. <laughs> but, man, it just... It so perfectly uh, brought to fruition, though. Just fully realized, really nice atmospheric breakdown in the middle of this track that you will not fucking forget. Go listen to it now. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Uh, Hive Mind by Man Eating Orchid, which we'll be talking about later in this episode. The Weight of Everything by Blind Girls. Levi, you hear that yet? Oh my god, yes. Super, super good. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That has got to be um, the best Screamo record of the year so far. So far? So far. I'm I'm going to cross my fingers for even better. But yeah, honestly, um, uh, it's uh, I wasn't expecting anything else but just more of Blind Girls. And woo! It is. It's good. Yeah, I really love the last album. I, I feel like it was... Yeah almost on par with that Sinza record. And this this one is definitely pretty far up there, too. I think it's actually maybe even an improvement. This is coming from, like, one listen. but uh, This is a fucking banger that you definitely cannot miss. Forced Labor Songs 
which is kind of a, a yikesy name, honestly, now that I think about it, by Woomscape, <laughs> a Japanese mathcore band. We'll just give it up to perhaps uh, ly- lyrical um, or, or, you know, lingual misunderstanding, but really fucking quality Japanese mathcore. You don't you don't hear that every day. Those combination yep. of words. Nurser, this new self-titled album by Nurser. Some Seattle death grind for you. Super fucking good. I know Holly knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> they taught us how to read in Nam by Thank You Driver. Really nice little EP from some. I think they're from British Columbia mathcore band. Yep. 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 Next stop, Willoughby, the new single from Serling. Uh, you just, uh, well, actually, that's not the name of the single, but the name of the album is Next Stop, Willoughby, and it's dropping May 27th. You can go watch the. Oh, it features Adam Warren of Oceano, no less, too. So, nice feature there. New single and music video from the homies in Steak Sauce Mustache. Uh, all noise, no. Excuse me, all juice, no noise drops May 13th via Silent Pendulum Records. A couple more things here. Two new singles from Forests, their new album, Get In Losers, We're Going to Internal Damnation, drops April 1st. <laughs> really sad to see Adam, the guitarist, leave, but the, the replacement, the replacement, the new guitarist, I should say, is, is definitely holding up, holding a candle hit to his technique, at least. Are they still trying to fire their drummer? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Nikki. <laughs> don't worry, Nikki, we love you. Still can't fire you, Nikki. I don't know how you stayed in there, man, but you're still the drummer. Right on. You're good at keeping your job. We'll give you that. <laughs> and uh, a new single from the Arts Inquirer as well. And a, a couple couple quick news pieces. Just blast through these very quickly. These Arms Are Snakes just announced some tour dates and some vinyl. Hella just announced a 20-year repress for Hold Your Horses. Uh, Mothman just announced their new album. This is a bit self-serving, self-promotion alert. Mothman uh, just announced their new album, Cancer Withdrawal, is dropping June 3rd via my label, Dark Trail Records. Uh, new single coming out this Friday. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. And uh, this is really cool, actually. Sunflower just completed their new album with Uriah Hackett of the Who? Cute, cute Snoop Dogg gif. Uh, yeah, with Uriah Hackney of the Armed. And hold on to your nuts because that's a, a really fucking good album. Uh, this is a couple of sad pieces of news here just to wrap this up. <laughs> we'll end with the sad oh, stuff. Christian! Uh, rest in peace to uh, Didier Severin of Newt and Jason Holmes of the Handshake Murders who both died on the same day. Really tragic losses for uh, the scene. Yep. And uh, then, just uh, super random and super fucking tragic, man. And this is not even in our realm of music, but Taylor Hawkins of Foo Fighters also died. So really sad loss there. One of the best drummers in rock and roll. And a uh, band totally apparently known to have inspired the fall of Troy to some extent. Thomas Eric talks about yeah. how much he loves Foo Fighters all the time. Dude, uh, Taylor, uh, specifically out of that band... Every time I see Taylor, because Taylor was was uh, Alanis Morissette's original drummer for Jagged Little Pill, and after Jagged Little Pill, he went to Foo Fighters. I'm pretty sure. Didn't know. Uh, that. So still, still to this day, when I see pictures of Taylor, I'm like, I remember just watching Alanis Morissette on uh, Saturday Night Live and him being the drummer, and I'm pretty sure. And uh, you ought to know the music video. He is in that music video as well. But yeah, every time I see Taylor's face, like I know he's in the Foo Fighters or was in the Foo Fighters or whatever. But I mean, I still just think like, ah, Lannis Morissette, man, I tell you what, <laughs> like that kind of thing. That's literally where when I see Taylor's face, I'm like, oh yeah, he was in Lannis Morissette's drummer. So I don't know, had to throw that in there. That's really funny. And yeah, I think my 12 and 13 year old mind would even conflate Foo Fighters and Nirvana for kind of 
similar reasons because they're like they sort of kind of he kind of like looks like Kurt Cobain almost and then they did that picture where you know Dave Grohl's like leaning off the side like behind both Kurt Cobain yep. and Taylor Hawkins so they had to like recreate uh, that very awkwardly definitely definitely saw definitely saw somebody make a joke of like that's ah, pretty sad when the second best drummer in a band dies hmm because Dave Grohl's better drummer than right. Him. I got <laughs> it. Like, yeah. Still very tasteless. There's a lot of fucking tasteless <laughs> jokes. Everyone had to be like, "Oh, I don't like the Foo Fighters." It's like, shut up, bro. You know, fucking. Uh, we, you know, you want to go listen to my hero right Ruth. now and cry about how much you miss your dad. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so that was your Mathcore news and release radar for the month of March. So next, we're going to talk about helpless. Mm. So Helpless are a three-piece mathcore band from the Southwest UK. I think they're from uh, Plymouth, if I'm not mistaken. Or Hull, maybe? And they just released their second full-length album, Caged in Gold, on March 25th via Church Road Records, which, for those of you who don't know, is run by Sammy and Justine of Employed to Serve. And I gotta say right away, this is easily one of the best things I've heard all year. Just visceral, furious, oppressive, pummeling, chaotic music. And, and right away with the level of disdain and desperation in the vocals, how angular the guitars, you already know where I'm going with this, how angular and dissonant the compositions but, are. Yep. It, I'm gonna let you just say everything, and I'm just gonna be like, yeah, man. <laughs> fucking yeah, man, I tell you what, yeah. Because, I, I mean, that's you're gonna say everything. So, yeah, go ahead, continue. <laughs> I'm just gonna say the sheer Gaza of it all is basically what I'm leading up yep. to with all those remarks. There's, uh, I didn't write Gaza because I, we we, I knew we were gonna say it. So. <laughs> and how could you not? And it's it's not like they're, like, biting Gaza, but they, they channel so many of the same kind of textures, you know, mathcore grind and sludge and kind of put it all together with really just like misanthropic kind of lyrical themes and um yeah this is so good i I really really love this record this album was so good it made me go back to debt their last album to just jam it because i was so juiced and i ran out of music on this album and i was like fuck I went back to debt just to jam more because it's that consistent and just so fucking good, man. Um, this holds up to debt too. Some uh, we don't talk about this enough. I feel um, uh, we bring it up sometimes, but I do want to talk about the album artwork uh, specifically with Helpless. Um, it seems that they do have an ongoing theme start. They're starting to do where it is. I'm not, dude. I need. I, I did not check this out. I should have done my homework a little bit better, but I want to know if the painting from the first release is the same artist as the last release as this, as this new release. I hear what you're but saying. There's a, a lot of similarities. Huge, I'm a huge fan in this. Uh, it seems to be just a, a, a fucking painting in almost the same kind of style, like an acrylic um, kind of oil base kind of thing going on. I'm really not, it's not like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know enough about painting, but it seems that if not the same artist, the same kind of style and mediums going on, but I really, fucking like it so just thumbs up guys. i agree the, the album up. art really grabs me as well it's a, it's a painting of like a silhouette of a person so that's how my mind interprets it anyway and it's yeah. it's much it's very similar in technique to the first album cover so i can absolutely see how you would you would draw that comparison it, it could very well be the same artist for all i know yep. uh ultimately though it just it, it really added to just the aesthetic because i it's, it's i mean 
going back to the, the Black Dolly thing where it's like, all right, you, you know, you see the album cover, it's some expansive, crazy majesty fucking, like, like dark world scape or whatever, and mm-hmm. then Black Dolly Murder on the corner, you know, right? So you always know that's the fucking album cover. And I do like a band that really kind of starts going to a stylistic approach like this where I, I really hope they kind of keep going with just this, like, kind of, like, oil-based paint, like, art going on. So it's good. Yeah, I, I think that they, uh, the art is is almost an improvement and the music is as well. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. This album has a great arc to it, a great flow to it. The the penultimate and final tracks are some of the best material as well, so it, it closes quite strongly too. And they released a really good music video for Wraiths of Memory, which I highly recommend. Uh, such go a watch. good fucking music video, dude. Like Super good. Uh, out of albums this year, you know, help us, it's, it's up there. But as far as music videos go, you're in my top, like, three or four right now. That one really fucking grabbed me. If you're not sold already, the music video will certainly do that for you. So I highly encourage you to yeah. stop listening to the podcast and go watch the music video for Wraiths of Memory because it's the song that we're going to play anyway. So, <laughs> Yeah, that was obviously one of the biggest highlights for me. Very memorable opener. It's just, like, so dissonant and... I love all the little jerky interjections they kind of throw in there. And then they, they kind of, yeah, I mean, it's just like kind of like a, uh, uh, uh. and then there's a, a bit of sludgier atmosphere in the bridge too. So it's kind of, it's got a nice balance, you know, it's just not just like a, a wall of sound the entire time. The empty was good too. Loving the staccato attack that serves as kind of like the main ostinato for the song. Kind of the same. It just keeps going with the drums change under it. That is, mm-hmm. um, there, I mean, it is it is fierce grind with just added layers. Um, going back to that Gaza thing, it just it really is it, it gives this nostalgic feel to me, um, as well as this new added layers feel. I felt that my favorite track would be uh, the empty gesture. Not only just listening to it, but uh, lyrically. Uh, I wrote the empty. It's the empty album. gesture. My mistake. <laughs> the empty, ge- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, empty, the empty gesture. The empty. Uh, and I, I figured that's what you meant earlier. Right. I was like, ah, thank whatever. you for not correcting me. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, man. Uh, I, I uh, overall, at some point, it's kind of like, yeah, man, it's fucking in rips. It, it, it's it's great. Like that's really kind of where I'm at with this. I really can't Same. say too much because it is what it is, man. Yeah, totally. I've got notes on like every track, but I won't go through the rigmarole. Just know that this fucking track listing is so good. Like you can just put your <laughs> just finger. Just trust us. <laughs> I mean, there, there's like a couple tracks that I was like, man, uh, like single file is definitely meant to be a breather. So uh, naturally, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna hit me like the technical or chaotic tracks. Um, and unseen servants. I don't feel like it's a weak track, like objectively speaking, but it just kind of offers some of the similar stuff that you hear that's done better else. Or better elsewhere on the record. Uh, I, I, yeah, the, the the two closing tracks are like probably my favorite overall. But I think we should give them Wraiths of Memory because it's just so memorable with those those riffs. You know, that's gonna that's gonna hook word. you. Word. So we're gonna play for you Wraiths of Memory, which is track one from Caged in Gold, and that came out on March twenty fifth via Church Road Records. Here we go. Here we go. 
right, so that was Wraiths of Memory, which is track one from Helpless's new album, Caged in Gold, which came out March 25th via Church Road Records. Woo! So, <laughs> to keep this fucking brutal train going, the next band we're going to talk about is Take Life. Yeah, that's right, motherfuckers. We ain't going to stop here. <laughs> this is this is insane. This is another just fucking absolutely ridiculous front to back one of the most consistent and consistently heavy releases of 2022 it's like um well just to quickly sort of introduce them uh, they're a three-piece hardcore band from various parts of the united states featuring mm-hmm. uh rafe or rafi i'm not sure how to pronounce that rafe holmes i'm just gonna go with that of insurgents and rob fusco of most precious blood fusco fusco and uh they just released their debut album, You Are Nowhere, on February 11th, which is produced by Randy LeBeouf, who also plays bass on the album. Mm-hmm. And apparently he said it's the heaviest project he's ever worked on. So that says something. He's recorded a lot of heavy fucking bands. Toughen up, Randy! No, sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yo, uh, this one is special to um, just, I mean, not only the episode, but just like what's gone out this year. Uh this album, it is um, connected. Every track is connected, where it is just basically flowing through the whole thing. And the only thing stopping is that little in-between piece in the, in the track listing, I guess. Uh, it's meant to just blast through. Um, I almost wish that there wasn't even that half of a second gap in time sometimes when the track switches over. Uh, it, but this is, uh, this is something special, man. Yeah. It, not only... First of all, what are you doing just listening to one track of this? Uh, you should be listening to this like all the way through no matter what. Mm-hmm. But I love that this was the intention of it, which is like, nope, all track one to the end, do it. Yeah, with the exception of the title track, there's there's like nothing that isn't compelling or interesting or exciting about this release. It's all gripping and fucking heavy as hell. It's like hearing the down-tuned heaviness of the Acacia Strain on tracks like Eucharist Threat, Leopard Shepherd, uh, especially very, very Acacia Strain, and then thrown together with tracks that have elements like Chamber, um, such as Sinon, like Chemicalm and Wolf Eyes versus Machine Girl. I know it's a very specific track referencing there, but if you go listen to them, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It's very much just like a perfect combination of, of both those both those worlds. And your FFO um, today on the Mathcore Index uh, stories for Instagram, uh, I noticed you also mentioned uh, Burned by the Sun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would totally fucking agree with you there. Thank you. Um, just the, the thickness of it. Um, I would say Burned by the Sun really kind of shines out in tracks like uh, No Life Goes Unruined. Um, yeah. I. Because it's not like this. It's not like car bomb level technical, but like no, almost no. on that, but kind of on that same level. It's like, it's very technical, but not like on that insane level. Uh, and I feel like Burned by the Sun was kind of there too. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. Uh, but I just, uh, I literally was, I saw your, I saw the, the FFO tag like in the story and literally I was just like, absolutely. It's like early, <laughs> okay, it's early crazy stain. We're, we're talking like. 30, 3750 kind of era, you know, there's a you know, and then, uh, yeah, you got your fucking, um, get your burnt by the sun there. It's, it's great. Uh, overall, um, I just liked that this album was intentionally meant to just fucking rock all the way through. So that's all I got to say. It fucking the, kills the, the main. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of brutal, amazing music 
always being produced and made and everything, but this one is a little uh, special to me. This sure. this stands out. This this might actually yeah. permeate my top ten or twenty this year. It's just yeah. it's such a super group. Yeah, it really like, is. Three guys, and, but you know, Insurgents yeah. was fucking incredible. Like, in, uh, I'm not like the biggest, you know, most precious blood fan, but I definitely appreciate their catalog. Their catalog. I was, I was, uh, I mean, yeah, I, 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 in my earlier years, I definitely enjoyed uh, the Trust Kill releases of Mo- Most Precious Blood. So um, it's just great to hear um, uh, his voice again. For sure. And, you know, as, as crushingly and oppressive, uh, excuse me, uh, crushingly oppressive as this record is, it's also... <laughs> yeah, it's different. That's different mm-hmm. what you said to me. <laughs> it's, uh, it's also mind-bendingly technical at times as well. Like, it really does just... Agreed. It, it, it strikes that perfect balance between chaotic and heavy for me. Mm-hmm. And, and funnily enough, as we're making this comparison, the album does feature vocal, uh, a vocal feature from Vincent Bennett of The Acacia Strain on the penultimate track, so... Mm, well, well, well. And a really great feature it is. <laughs> Andy says most precious chug. Well <laughs> done, sir. Chug. There's Andy. a fucking award we can give this guy. This is a good one. I like that. that Real funny good. guy. Yeah, you're, you're getting one of these, Andy. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, and one of the biggest highlights of this record is the absolutely massive 14-minute closer. Holy shit. That is just insane that... To write mm-hmm. that much material behind just one track, to, to where it it flows like an EP in of, of itself. Some bands would probably get away with just trying to fucking press that fourteen track thing to something and make that their release. So well done. Indeed, yeah. Yep. Super, super good. Wow, just um, yeah. Th- this is this is such a good project. I'm I'm almost at a loss for words because I'm looking at the track listing here and every track is good. Uh, no life goes unruined. That's the second track. I think that's where this album really starts picking up steam. It's really blasty, hyper aggressive riffs, loving all the harmonics and just great guitar noises all over this thing. Feedback laden breakdowns. Just every section goes fucking dummy hard. And then they do the section where it's just like <laughs> they just do the section where it's just you drum went, you and went bass. Bay Area. <laughs> I can't believe you said dummy hard. What the fuck? Well, That's I, so good. We sorry. do live in San Francisco. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. You took me back. Stop I'm acknowledging just, yeah, it. <laughs> no, dude. I had to say it. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just so many, so many good highlights. Uh, anxiety calligraphy. That's super high energy. Very technical. Very intense. Lots of riffs. Lots of blasts. Just all crammed in there. Um, Butcher and the Blade. This material is also kind of like done. It's the same sort of stuff that's done elsewhere on the album better, but just showing us they can just endlessly write good tracks that are both grippingly intense and chaotic and heavy as hell. Um, old heart, old habit, new target. Some of the most discernible lyrics. Um, Kimicalm. I got. I got to shout that one out as well, just because it's just so fucking suffocating and skull crushing. And there's so many twists and turns on it too, so it's just uh, again back to the whole technical and and um, and heavy thing. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I have too. I mean, it's a fucking great record. So I think we should give him anxiety calligraphy though. Cool. I mean, either that oh, or that, track dude, too. I'm, dude, this is one of those fucking things where it's just like throw a fucking dart at the album track listing. I'll, I'll take any of it. So we're gonna go ahead and play for you anxiety calligraphy which is track three from Take Life's new album, You Are Nowhere, which came out on February 11th. Here we go. 
fucking ridiculous. So that was Anxiety Calligraphy, which is track three from Take Life's new album, their debut full-length album, You Are Nowhere, which came out on February 11th. So next, we're going to talk about Man-Eating Orchid. Man-Eating Orchid, formerly known as Orchid, wisely (laughs) changed the moniker. As you recall... We're over this in the last... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we, Take it over, Christian. I just had to say it. I just had to say it. Totally, totally. Yeah, we already went over this in the last time we covered this band, but wisely they've changed the moniker and adopted the man-eating article. And they are a four-piece progressive metal mathcore outfit from Bengaluru, India. Some of you might know it as Bangalore. And they just released their new full-length album, Hive Mind, on March 17th. And... uh much like the last stuff that we covered from them, it's very disjointed, uh, elongated progressive metal that is combined with more like percussive mathcore elements, that, elements that are more like rhythmically driven. That's pretty well said, bud. Yeah, I mean, it It really recalls Between the Buried Me and Sixth for me quite a bit. Um, and this is more of an esoteric reference for you and I, Levi, but they definitely remind me a lot of Freighter two ah yes 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 one sort of uh a couple standout things about this project though is not only do you get all these like prog and math core elements kind of you know your, your typical long riffs your staccato parts your jazz breaks uh, but you also get these almost gorguts like riffs i dare say it's almost like we're, we're getting into like dissonant kind of death metal Angular territory kind of shit yeah yeah and, and that, um, that's to say it's like kind of like they're cording, making chords, dissonant chords with the riffs, ultimately. It's just, I, I guess I would describe these guys overall as just like a proggy math core uh, outfit. I, I'm, it's, um, Definitely. It's, it, it, this, this release, kind of, uh, the, the roots have grown in what they were already doing, you know, kind of like spanning all over the place. Uh, man, I, I, I just, I, so... I really don't have too much to say about these guys. Um, overall, I felt the lyric, the lyrics were the, the most shining point of this release for me. Um, it was a little, um, just from everything else compa- compared. Because Levi likes to read the lyrics. I fucking do, man. I fucking like to, I don't read, I don't read books much, but I like to read the lyrics, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not much, I'm not much of a book guy, more of like a magazine, newspaper kind of guy, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but um, ultimately, it, it, my favorite track, uh, Unreality TV. That's a good one. I, yeah, but I mean, I just, I don't got too much to say as far as uh, uh, musical styling. Just got, had that kind of the prog kind of vibe. Uh, dude, shout out. Glad you guys changed the name because Orchid's already taken and... They got too much of a following where you pretty much had no choice but to do that. Unless you wanted to do Orchid dot wherever you guys are from, that kind of thing, like fucking <laughs> Orchid dot else. FM. So, yeah, Orchid dot FM. You guys can also do that. So um, one other quickly, one other quick thing I just wanted to point out that sort of makes this record stand out for me is the instrumentation includes harmonium this time. There's a a lot of harmonium that really adds an extra bit of instrumentation. Agreed. Uh, I was not able to say that. But I agree with it. Yeah, just a cool, some cool retro keys on it. So, I th- I feel like it does add a lot to the the the, 
the passages in which it's utilized. They don't like overdo it. It's not like overwhelming every single part of every song. It's used like on the right parts. And yeah, it, it's kind of hard to, to speak at length about this album for me. I wish I would have maybe given it a bit more time. I think maybe I got like three or four listens into it and still I was kind of stumped when I was writing my notes. But there's some good tracks in this. Assimilation Days, Double Crosser. We premiered Double Crosser. Definitely worth giving your time to. Premonition is kind of like the more math core cut. It's got the clean jazz break that works really quite well. Um, bait and Switch, it's like less than two minutes, a bit shorter, but loving the start start qualities. Uh, Unreality TV, as you already mentioned, that just kind of reminds me that the band is doing, and they, they do have a very unique thing going on here. That's why it's so hard to speak about at length, is I'm still kind of like learning their idiosyncrasies, I guess. It's kind of. Um, Same here. Uh- same here, man. I I will be. I uh, this this is not the last time I'm listening to this EP. Sometimes I put these uh, okay. records to the side because there's just too much music out there. Um, but I will. I do have to go back and listen to Man Eating Orchid just a little bit more uh, to grasp this uh, release. So yeah, it's it's one of those more challenging releases of the year for sure. There's a, it's just yeah. the riffs are so much, but once you like get into the groove of what they're doing, and, and I think Unreality TV is a point on the album in which it'll probably click for most people. And for me, it was even further. It was cult of personality. I felt like that's where I was like, okay, wow, this is actually really, really, really goddamn impressive. Because I, I like that they took cult of personality because that was definitely an in living color track from way back in the day. Like I'm, I don't know, I don't understand how you guys got to use that or why you chose to use that. But yeah, anyway, it's because the phrase that, is that. is making a comeback right now. I think. And, this and, song's called Skulls. It's like well, you know the Misfits <laughs> did Skulls already, right? Like, Fine, it's Skulls too. <laughs> <laughs> Skulls FM, <laughs> but just like Orchid, it's like Orchid. You understand that that already exists, right? So, all right, man eating Orchid. All right, we'll go back. Like just like Cold Personality is already also a track from a very big full band. disclosure. So I back, mean, I'm in a fucking band that robbed a name from another way better, way 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 better, way better known band. More well, known. Art isn't art just that sometimes, right? You just kind of take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It can be a shitty excuse for robbing somebody, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to rationalize what, what, you know. I didn't name the band, so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> what am I defending this for? Who, who cares? Um, <laughs> Fuck it all, Robert says in the trap. Fuck Robert, it all. absolutely. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So we're going to play for you Premonition, which is track four from Hive Mind, which is Man Eating Orchids. New album that came out on March 17th. Here we go.
right, so that was Premonition, which is track four from Hive Mind, which is Man Eating Orchid's new record that came out on March 17th. So the last release... <laughs> little mealy mouth. So the last release we're going to talk about is The Thin, The Wind, and The Trees, Split. Split 7-inch, Split 7-inch. We're talking okay. one track per band. No, we're not. This is fucking... It's four we tracks. Aren't. We're not. Are we? Is it four? It's it's four tracks from Thin and two, two, and two tracks, four tracks from Thin and two tracks from The Wind in the Trees. Oh, damn it! You're right. Fuck. Did you not listen to the I wrote whole thing? Wrote that wrong in my notes. No, you're right. The track listing. There we go. Fuck. Okay. God damn it! All right, dude. All right. Um, something we got that established. The number of tracks. It's very important. Six tracks total. <laughs> four from Thin. Just a recap. And two from The Wind in the Trees. Minus For all two, those just catching three, up, equal in all. There we go. We're good to get Literally, that. math yep. core index. <laughs> so, um, so th- these are <laughs> Jesus Christ. So there, yeah, there are three piece math crying bands from Brooklyn and Baltimore, respectively. Although I guess as of late, uh, the wind in the trees is gigging as a two piece and a drum machine. And they just released their new split seven via 12 gauge records the same label who brought you the war from a harlot's mouth molotov solution split which is my favorite split of all time next to the arm seizure split so this this label knows splits for sure i don't i don't really buy into the idea of splits anymore really but um man this this is a perfect combination what can you say uh which split did you say 12 gauge did they did the the, uh, war from from a harlot's mouth molotov solution split yeah molotov um i own that cd uh at that time or whatever but uh yeah sometimes i hear about 12 gauge when they're pressing stuff and i'm like wait same 12 gauge that released the molotov solution split back in the day i'm like oh holy fucking shit dude like since 2004 crushing it shout out 12 gauge for sure yep yeah this is a super super solid release a perfect combination both these bands complement each other so well Yep. Uh, they've, they've, they've definitely been playing uh, quite a few shows together recently, naturally, just because of the release. We did a tour uh, as well, yeah. Did a tour, yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I really don't know what to say. It's kind of we're getting both of the same thing in kind of different forms, just some crusty kind of like mathcore grind going on here. Um how do we how do we split how do we split these two like how do we they're definitely both equally inspired by grindcore tech, like very technical grindcore and mathcore so yeah I, I'd say math grind is a perfect label for both projects I, I'd say thin even more so thin actually more traditionally so as they actually have the short songs that don't necessarily clear a minute and uh, they're a bit more spastic and blasty versus I'd say the wind in the trees definitely has more like breakdowny parts and more like groove parts. On the on the CP too, of course, thin. I mean, this does kind of feel like a batch of songs that's sort of left over from Dawn, but they. I, I love how they keep continuing this thing where they have one track that's like an an acoustic track, you know, where it actually just like sings and plays acoustic guitar. Ashley, love it, love you, love it all. It's great. Yeah, just putting together some really nice stuff for this for this project, and that yes. that track in particular definitely hits very nicely. You'd think that it it would sound out of place, but it's just like so bluegrassy, and um, I think the subject matter is also just like dark and sad enough that it kind of strangely fits in the the runtime. Uh, blue bluegrass, um, 
just it it just slowly veers into the traffic that is crust where that I feel like just the folky crust thing just eventually kind of touches tips, you know, and then we go from there. Um, Cause there's like also like black and crust folk and shit like that, you know, <laughs> out there where I just feel like uh, the, something about the, the crusty element of that, that thin already is. And then they just add the, the, the acoustic like that. I'm like, yeah, this is t- fucking on par. Absolutely. It does. I don't view it as like an acoustic track or something like that, you know? Um, right, it stands it in its own right artistically. I think it does. Yeah. Yes, the wind in the trees tracks are definitely. Um, I don't know. It's not like they're like really branching. It's not like either band is really branching into new territory. It's really hard for me to say anything super inspired or analytical or critic. You know, offer any sort of constructive criticism on on this this EP. Just know that's a perfect split, and you should listen to it if you like these bands. It is a seven inch split of two. Well, as we described, or as we agreed to describe math core grind kind of uh bands so um and also like if uh just earlier it's almost like if you haven't heard of vane what are you doing what's going on you dummy go listen to them that kind of thing just with this if you don't know these two bands you really should because uh not only they're from the same area but um they've been at it for a while and had seemed to not be stopping anytime soon right so why not check up and just keep it keep up with these guys and now you have a if you know one band now you have a good chance to investigate the other band and obviously that's the whole intention and you know reasoning behind doing a split in the first place is you get to potentially discover a new band so man as, as far as picking tracks um I would say that probably we should give them the first The Wind in the Trees track because that one is a bit more, you know, grindy, a bit more mathy. The second one is a bit more measured in pacing. And as far as the thin song, obviously not the uh, the acoustic one, but I don't know. What do you think? Let's give them Wind in the Trees first. We'll do thin after. Let's agree on that. And then with thin, let's just give them anything other than the acoustic. Okay, we'll just give them. We'll give them track. Make, make them work for it. So we're gonna yeah, go make, and, make them make them fight for it. All right. So we'll, we'll uh, we're gonna go ahead and play for you. Thin. I don't go on walks anymore. And the wind in the trees. Aeons from mortality. And that is from the wind in the trees. Thin split that came out on March 11th via 12 gauge records. Mm-hmm. Here we go.
All right, so that was Thin, I Don't Go on Walks Anymore, and The Wind in the Trees, Aeons from Mortality. And that's off their new Split 7, which just came out on March 11th via 12 Gauge Records. So before we wrap this up, I just want to thank you all so much for making it to the end of this podcast. We love you very much. Uh, always appreciate you listening, especially those uh, in the live cast chat. You guys are the best. And uh, if you want to be, become a supporter, for a couple bucks a month on Patreon, you can gain access to our live cast and our private Discord community. You can help us decide what bands to cover every month and a number of other uh, exclusive perks like some free swag here and there. Mm-hmm. So I guess that about wraps it up for the 77th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And we'll be back again next month with some more sick underground bands. Good night and stay beautiful. Stay beautiful.